We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Krista Crick, Nick Ashew. Bengals got a scare the other day when Joe Burrow went down with that calf injury. It looked like it could have been worse. Nothing, nothing like seeing your franchise quarterback in training camp go down and get carted off the field. He's going to miss some time. Uh, it's a calf strain, which it could be certainly a whole lot worse than that. But this is a guy, Trista, that's, well, one, getting ready to talk big contract with the Bengals. This ain't going to change a thing. They're going to pay him. But what concerns me more about this is that the Bengals started off, they had an ugly start to last season. This is now missed reps, missed time, and that could impact maybe the start of the year for the Bengals. I'm not saying this is a team where you start fading them the entire year. I love the Bengals, but maybe the first couple weeks you may see some you may see some unders or maybe just, I don't know, maybe there's a little bit of, of, of something that you can get an edge on there if the Bengals have some struggles the first couple weeks of the season. No, you're faking it. Young. I hear you. I'm I hear just, you. <laughs> that was good. That was good, but I could hear it. See, I, you got to move farther away from the mic if you're going to do that. That's a, that was a good bit, I though. I know. That was good. But I could hear you, I, like, clicking your tongue. That was that was good, though. Well done. Well done. Oh, I could hear it, too, and I was like, I wonder if you can hear me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got it. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, I think, if, I think if Joe Burrow is uh, – is even slightly not 100%, just under that at all. If you're the Bengals and you know you're going to pay them, you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe our offense isn't going to be nearly as aggressive early on in the season, and we're going to have just more of a commitment to the run, right? You, you've got, I think, the the left side of, of Cincinnati is probably going to be one of the biggest in – in all of football. They've got Joe Mixon moving to the left side. You've got Cordell Volson, who's 6'7", 325. You've got Orlando Brown, 6'8", 345, right? So maybe... How does he fit through a yeah. doorway, by the way? <laughs> he doesn't. He just he literally just opens his entire home and just, like, takes the doors up. No locked doors, um, like, like last Friday. So, I mean, you're just talking about, okay, maybe... Uh, Zach Taylor just runs the ball a lot in the beginning of the season. And so maybe what that means is, and I, I think you, know, you better you bet, and, and, and Nick Costos specifically, I heard him talk about this a little bit too, which is you know maybe you want to attack unders in terms of like Joe Burrow attempts mm-hmm. or Joe Burrow yards in the first four to six weeks of the season. Maybe you want to stay away from his MVP market until week six or week seven. He's got the best, uh, the shortest odds at plus 600 to win MVP. But when you, you have that cash drain, Calf strains are no joke. I've had a calf strain. That's mm. a torn calf. That's yep. not like a tweak. That's a, t- a, a strain is a torn calf. That's what it is. Yep. His bruising is probably nasty. It probably hurts a lot. And so slow playing him through the beginning of the season and maybe most of the regular season doesn't seem like it would be completely unheard of. Joe Burrow, according to Pro Football Focus, on top of that, is considered one of the unluckiest quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, it's not because of injuries. But 12 of his 35 interceptions, that's it, have actually been considered his fault. Seven have come from a combination of miscommunication, receivers stopping their routes, drop passes, while 16 have been forced by the defense, either by you know coverage or p- players b- breaking it up or whatever, jumping the route and, and figuring that out. What I'd be curious to see, too, is if you start jumping on the interception market for him early, right? Like, 
Is there a lack of communication? It's already been an issue in his career with some of these receivers. As great as they are, that's clearly been a thing. So maybe early on in games, you start taking the over on his interceptions or something along those routes as well, where even if they're dropping his attempts, even if they're maybe running the ball a little bit more, that there's just that lack of communication to where you can specifically jump on that as another one. But yeah, I think there's quite a few things that you can do with Burrow. The one thing I will say is that the Bengals will be okay as long as he's out there week one. They may not be 100%, but the Bengals are going to be okay. And they're still the team that I like, and they're the favorites to win the division at plus 150. No, I I think you're 100% right. Like The Bengals are going to be very, very good. I do think, though, that the Ravens are worth a bet. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, just the Ravens were leading the division when Lamar Jackson was healthy in multiple years. And the Bengals, like you said, do and haven't had a tendency to start slow. So I think that's a good bet too. But I think attacking the, maybe the Jamar Chase, maybe stay away from his player props, you know, because what, it's like 1375. I just saw it. Jamar Chase is number 1275 and a half. Maybe staying away from that. Maybe jumping on that live uh, if they change those numbers based on a slow start that we may or may not expect. Maybe taking Joe Mixon's running back numbers um, if we say, okay, well, maybe Joe Mixon is more heavily involved in the offense uh, to start. And then again, like I was saying before, with Joe Burrow's attempts, Joe Burrow's yards early on, if they're not going to be an aggress- have an aggressive system for him early on set up, not that the play calling is going to indicate that. Maybe you want to stay away from, maybe you want to take unders on those. The Bengals started off 0-2 last year, and they didn't hit 30 points in a game until week six, a win at New Orleans. Their first two losses of the year to Pittsburgh in overtime and then at Dallas combined 37 points. Then they beat the Jets and put up 27, and the Jets were trash, and we knew that. Uh, they put up 27 against Miami and then only 17 in a loss to Baltimore. Then it clicked week six. They put up 30 in a win over New Orleans, 35 against Atlanta. Now, they did lose to Cleveland and got stomped. I remember that game. They lost 32-13. It was a bad, bad yep. game for them. But then they came back and put up 42 against Carolina, and then the rest of the way, you know, 37. So it really is a team that, even with all the talent they have, has had their issues of just slow starts throughout a season. And, you know, that may be something, too, where if you still think they're going to win the division, you also not just wait on Joe Burrow's MVP market, but you also maybe wait and see if Baltimore jumps out to an early lead in that division. And then you jump on Cincinnati's price to win, and that's when you're going to yes. get a little more value there. Because plus 150 is really not that great. I mean, I get it. It's a division winner. You're getting some, you know, it's not like they're a heavy, heavy favorite. But that may be the opportunity there, too, if you like overall what the entire season could be. And again, the last two years, what have we seen from Baltimore? Lamar Jackson's gotten hurt. They've fallen off at the end of the year. They've had division leads. And then it's completely disappeared. So that may be the opportunity, really, when it comes to Cincinnati. Wait. Give them a few weeks in the season. See if they struggle early on offensively. See if they have the same issues that they had last year. And then that price gets to, like, you know, Cincy, and it's doubled up, and it's Cincy 3-1 to one to win the division. And then you pounce on it. Yeah, I think that's right. And if you think about it, too, here's another element for us to look at in terms of Cincinnati. So... In terms of DVOA, the nerd stat that gives us information about defense and offense, but in terms of defensive DVOA, the Bengals were 11th in, in the NFL. Uh, 12th pass DVOA, 14th rush DVOA. Okay, 
So, but then they lose Jesse Bates. They lose Eli Apple. And the defense is going to be significantly worse. So what does that mean in terms of how the Bengals' offense is going to run as well? Are we going to see more Mm -hmm. come-from-behind sort of situations where their defense isn't going to lock down the way that it did in second halves last year? That's just another, I would call it like a counterpoint to what we think. Like maybe they'll just be forced to being aggressive too. No, that's true. It's kind of like when we talk about the Vikings, right? You're like, the Vikings defense is not going to be very good, but they've still got an offense that can score with Justin Jefferson and Kirk yeah. Cousins. They may be for playing from behind. So that may that could end up being the answer there is just that alone. Yeah, because Cincinnati, I mean, listen, for all the improvements they've still made, they, they, they were six in points against last year, but that was last season, right? And you just mentioned names that are lost. Like, this is a different defense than what we had before. So, yeah, I mean, they were 29th in rushing last season. Maybe you see that number jump up early. It is, like, I, I under... The difference with the NFL, like, we, we, we say this all the time about baseball, right? And you're like, oh, it's a long season. It's a long season. You're early on, and it's, like... It's not the same way with the NFL. You start off 0-2, you're in a hole. Like, it was hard for the Bengals to come back from an 0-2 deficit to finish off the season the way they did because that's just how the NFL works. They ended on an eight-game win streak during the regular season, but it just makes it that much harder. So that's really going to be something to watch early this year is what do the Bengals look like offensively, but I think you bring up a good point. It's also defensively and what they are too and how much that affects their game plan on the offensive side of it. I do like Baltimore though, and what's crazy too about this division is like every team could be a playoff team. Like all four teams in this division could actually make the playoffs. I mean, you're looking at Bal- since he's plus 150 and Baltimore's plus 220 to win the division, but Cleveland at 4 to 1 and Pittsburgh at plus 450. Now, I don't like either one of them to win the division, but in a really crowded AFC, if the Browns have at least close to Deshaun Watson, Pro Bowl Deshaun Watson, that's a team that's going to be on in the conversation for the playoffs in a loaded AFC. And, I mean, we saw what Pittsburgh was able to do with Kenny Pickett last year, and you have Mike Tomlin and a great defense. And, my God, George Pickens is catching balls like he's Stretch Armstrong. His arm is just reaching out. He's Michael Jordan in Space Jam. It's unbelievable what he's done last year and what he's done in camp. So the, the all four of these teams could end up being playoff teams when it's all said and done. Yeah, you're right. Back to really quickly in terms of Bengals' departures on the defense. Uh, I mentioned Eli Apple, and I mentioned Jesse Bates, but they also lost Trey Flowers and uh, Von Bell. So that's those are some key pieces from the defense, four players that, you know, you, you really are going to miss, despite, you know, who they ended up picking up in free agency and in the draft as well. If you had to have a long shot bet in this division, and by that I mean it's long shot only to a point, right? You can't take Baltimore, you can't take Cincinnati to win. Would you rather go Pittsburgh or Cleveland? That's a great question. I think, I think I would, I'd rather take Pittsburgh. Yeah, I yeah. I'd lean Pittsburgh only because I trust the coaching staff and I trust from what yeah. we saw last year. I don't know what Kevin Stefanski really is as a head coach, and I at least know I know what the floor is for Kenny Pickett. We don't really know what the floor is for Deshaun Watson anymore because we saw a really low one last season. And it got better, but, man, taking the under on every single prop for Deshaun Watson the first few weeks of his starts was incredible, and I kind of hope that happens again. But there's just... The upside is very high. The upside is definitely higher, right? The ceiling's higher for Cleveland than it is Pittsburgh because Deshaun Watson at his peak is a Pro Bowl quarterback. 
but we haven't seen him at that level in a couple of seasons now. So you still kind of sit there with a lot of those what-ifs while the floor is a little higher for Pittsburgh. The coaching staff is there. They've got some talent. And if Kenny Pickett can just be maybe a little more aggressive than where they were last year, move the ball up the field a little bit more, be somebody that they can count on to win games with his arm to a point. He's still going to be more of a game manager. That puts Pittsburgh, I think, in a much better position than Cleveland in the division. Yeah, and then if you look at just what Pittsburgh is defensively, they're really, really good. They're, you know, right around hovering in in the top 10. I mean, they've got their weighted DVOA was 10th. They're one of the best rush defenses in the league. Pass defense was just mid, very mid. But if you've got TJ Watt there and a bunch of their, you know, stout defenders that they have, and then Kenny Pickett takes another leap, and then you have Najee Harris, who's himself the entire year, because he was banged up for most of last year. Then you've got a team that really has much more of a complete offense, you know, on both sides of the ball, a little bit more complete, whereas Cleveland defensively was ass. They're 23rd, uh, and they were 28th in rush defense. You could just run right through them. They were about as bad defensively in terms of rush defense as teams like Seattle, teams like the Chargers, Uh, and that's just bad. You just can't be that bad when you play in a division where you've got really, really good running backs like J.K. Dobbins, uh, like Joe Mixon, uh, like Najee Harris. So if you're if you're Cleveland, it's just it's just not good enough. Yeah, and I don't think either one of us wants to bet them to win the division. But what you could do, no, is Cleveland and Pittsburgh are both plus money to make the playoffs. Even money for Cleveland plus one twenty five for Pittsburgh. So if you're confident in those like teams that. to at least make a push, that might be where you can get a little bit of value. It's tough though because we're obviously looking at the AFC. And there's a lot of teams there, and we're going to keep saying this all year because that's just the reality of what it looks like. The AFC is absolutely stacked with teams, which is going to make it that much harder for, uh, again, a team that maybe doesn't have as high of a ceiling in Pittsburgh to get in there. But a plus 125 with how close they were last year at 9-8, and eight, they could be better than 9-8. and eight. They could win 10 games. Their win total is at 8.5. Now it's heavily juiced, minus 150 to the over. But, I mean, would you be shocked if Pittsburgh wins 10 games this year? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't be shocked if they won 11 games. Yeah. And 11 I mean, games this is, this, 11 yeah. games last year would have been it had been a f- 5 seed cuz Jacksonville was a 4 at 9 and 8. So yeah, 11 games would get them easily into the playoffs. Now, these teams could be better though. Totally. But if you're saying, okay, who do I think continues to get into the postseason? Is it Stefanski or is it Mike Tomlin? I mean, Mike Tomlin almost always makes the postseason. That's just right. what is in his DNA. That's just what he does. Yeah, and I don't know if you've heard this, but he's never finished under 500, Trista. I mean, this is, I don't know if anybody's ever talked I've about I've never heard that. Is that, the, has, is that the first time you've said that? It's the first time I've said it. I think it's the first time anybody's ever brought it up. I don't know why anybody ever just doesn't bring that up. It's, it's very, very strange to me. Uh, yeah, Cleveland, was a set, Cleveland won seven games last year. Again, they can improve. What are, their win totals at nine and a half this year, though. Now it's Gross. minus 120 to the under. That's too high. I mean, I would oh, just stay God. away, but I I, I, I think I Cleveland Mari Cooper. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, I think Cleveland will be better, but I also think Denver could be better, right? So it's like the Jets will be better. They won seven games. God, the AFC is so hard to figure out. I can't wait. Like, I can't wait to see how the uh, the National League wild card shapes up, and I can't wait to see how the AFC playoffs look. But again, I mean, we actually got to, you know, start the season. It's BetMGM tonight.